You're listening to Jim and Mike Talk. Recording at the, did you say, Seven Studios in beautiful Washington, New Jersey. And now, here are your hosts, Jim and Mike. Hey everybody, uh, this is Jim. And this is Mike. We are now on show number 12. Great. A dozen shows. And our featured segment today is an interview with uh, Claudio. Sterilio. Sterilio from Anything Box. And after that, we've got an interview with local musician Justin Schuyler. But uh, how you doing there, Jim? Oh, I'm doing good. Okay. All right. You know, I, I, got, I got something that's been on my mind. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had a friend named Al. Yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't pass away or anything, but no. he decided to all of a sudden not be our friend anymore. Right, it's a mystery. You know, mm-hmm. over the years, I've developed um, some intense body odor. And oh. Yeah, so I don't know. But I was thinking the other day, uh, a couple of years ago, we had this chili cook-off. And my chili, uh, my wife laughs, but I say it's my world-famous chili. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, because we had a chili cook-off, mm-hmm. and mine it either came in first or second, and my friend Al... He was there. Yeah, his chili did not make it into the uh, the mix of the uh, first, second, or third. And, okay, wow. You think, you, this, know, you think this is the reason for the Yeah, right after break. that, it, things got a little weird. Okay. So, yeah. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Yeah. I think I finally found the, uh, the reason. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, what are you drinking, Jim? I'm, I'm still drinking my coffee from this morning. Okay. I think it's cold. <laughs> it's room temperature. Yeah. I'm drinking blackberry lemonade, a Turkey Hill. Uh, this is a chock full of nuts. <laughs> and on the so, so is there is there really any nuts? It actually says on the can. No, I know that. There's but no nuts. Oh, the, oh, it says that there's no nuts. Yeah. So okay, very good. So we're gonna start off. Um, we're gonna mix it up this time because we usually do top ten from 1970, but this time we're gonna do it from. September 21st, 1985. So instead of 50 years ago, we're going back 35 years. Still 35 years. And uh, Mike, why don't you start off? All right, we're going to go 10 through 1. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So number 10, we have Dress You Up by Madonna. This is from her Like a Virgin album mm-hmm. in 1984. And uh, my brother went to see, went to this show. Oh. Knowing my brother, he does not remember any of that. I didn't know. Yeah, He yeah. would go see Madonna. Yeah, so he, oh yeah. So, uh... Him and his friends, you know, they were into clubbing and stuff. They were into dance, yeah. and, you know, this was definitely at the clubs and such. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there you have uh, Dress You Up in My Love. Now, I have a little information. Oh, this, yeah? This was written by uh, two New Jersey housewives. Wow. Who would have guessed? And they sent the song to the record company, and soon after, I don't know how soon after, they got a phone call, and it was Madonna herself. So cool. And I did find one of them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's her. Yeah. But they weren't famous. So- they wrote a couple of songs, I guess. But this one happened to hit the charts. I think people like Madonna. There, there's a lot of artists like that who don't write their own material, but get you know yeah. gather it. Yeah. Right. Uh, number nine, we have Oh Sheila by Ready for the World. And this is another, you know, nightclub dance song, just like Madonna's, you mm-hmm. know. It's very similar to Prince's. 1999. It's just a little bit le- fewer yeah. beats per minute. It's a little bit slower. Yeah. But if you would speed it up just a little bit, 10 to 15 beats per minute, you would be that same rhythm and, and beat yeah. as, and uh, as 1999. It, when it came out, I think a lot of people thought it was Prince yeah. singing. Yeah. A little known band, Ready for the World. Coming in at number eight, Power of Love, possibly the most overplayed 
song of the entire 80s. Yeah. This is Huey Lewis in the News. And, uh, yeah, Power of Pop. Yeah, we've got a friend who's uh, remained unnamed, but he, he really loves Huey Lewis. This was from a movie soundtrack, which you're going to see uh, on the top ten here. I think that's, we've got three of that's them. That's a trend in, in yeah, the 80s, from yes. Back to the Future. Yeah. So. Well, very cool. Uh, speaking of Prince, number seven, Pop Life. I actually forgot this song when talking and mentioning the title, but I listened to it again, and I remember thinking, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad for Prince. Uh, it comes from the album Around the World in a Day. I think he could have done better. Mm-hmm. It's got a slow, basic beat. Yeah. You know, it's just so it just kind of kind of goes along like that. Uh, he says stuff like, uh, what you putting in your nose, is that where all your money goes? Yeah, you know, Prince is asking some questions, you know. And it's got the doubled vocals, which I don't particularly. The vocals are like doubled up. Oh, okay. Somehow, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's doesn't yeah. do anything for me. That's yeah, funny. yeah. Number six, "Freedom" by Wham. I'm gonna say Wham. <laughs> <laughs> it's from yeah. the album "Make It Big," and uh, George Michael, of course, being half of Wham. George Michael passed away not too long ago. Yeah. And um, I think it was around Christmas or yeah, not too long ago. Uh, you know, Wham putting out a lot of hits, you know, and yeah. this is uh, I don't want your freedom <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I don't want you to be free. I want you to be with me and that kind of thing. And Jim, as I as I close out my section before you do mm-hmm. one through five, just got to say that uh, as we talk about songs of the 80s, you know, this is really like another culture, another world for you and I, because 85 we were definitely into post-punk, new wave, and mm-hmm. a new genre coming into being called alternative. And so, if you're a new listener to our podcast, this is just the top ten singles, and this is not what we were listening to. Yeah, so, I don't consider this 80s music. <laughs> but it is. It is 80s like the, pop. The and, Cure, Depeche Mode, stuff right, like that. Right, and so, and so we're going to get into... And another show, a month or two from now, we're going to be getting into another show and talking about 80s music yeah. and focusing on what was, we think, the best and, and you know, looking at, at New Wave and Alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jim, why don't you uh, start with number five here? Okay, we got Phil Collins with uh, Don't Lose My Number. Mm-hmm. And Phil Collins wrote this song and said the lyrics were improvised. And that he himself does not fully understand what they mean. <laughs> so um, we have... That's that's from No Jacket Required. Yeah, and there's this guy, Billy. Like, yeah. Um, it says, searching through the day and into the night, they wouldn't stop till they found him. They didn't know him and they didn't understand. They never asked him why. Get out of my way. They heard him shout. Then a blinding light, maybe like a UFO or something. And oh, all I could see was him running down the street. Out of the shadows and into the night. That's pretty descriptive for not knowing what that means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, just improvising. You're familiar with Susu Studio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? No. no. Neither does he. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was writing a song and just was trying to think of some woman's name, and he couldn't think of anything, so he did Susu Studio. You know what I just found out? What? This doesn't have to do with Phil Collins. but no. Tell me anyway. I think it was uh, Little Richard Tutti Frutti. Where he says, Womp, bambaloo, bump, womp, bam, bom. Mm-hmm. He was trying to describe to the drummer how to play the drums. Oh, okay. And I guess they thought it should go in. I don't know if they were recording right, right. or, but that's where that came from. Yeah, as a drummer, yeah. I do booms and clicks, you know. Boom, yeah, boom, but I never boom, knew boom, that. Boom, click, boom, click. So um, we're on to number four here. Mm-hmm. 
We Don't Need Another Hero by Tina Turner. All right, so there you got the second most overplayed song. Go ahead. Yeah, and this was from Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting. In March 2016, Seal and uh, Carlos Canella hmm. performed a cover of the song during the Fox television special, The Passion. And it was sung in the story where Pontius Pilate, played by Seal, mm-hmm. is torn at sentencing Jesus, which is Carlos to death. Wow. And the lyrics were amended to remove the reference to Thunderdome, <laughs> which was replaced with the love we know. So Thunderdome, the love we know. Wow. I wonder, you know, we don't need another hero. If Were they thinking Pontius Pilate, the hero, or Jesus, the hero? You know, the servant leader giving his life. That's pretty deep. Yeah. That's pretty deep. And she really uh, belts it out, Tina Turner. Gotta, you know, I, I, don't, I don't listen to this song. It's not on my playlist, but um, got to give her credit. She can really sing. Yeah. So these are songs. First of all, The Power of Love was written for the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm always intrigued by that when mm-hmm. someone, I guess, tells you the, what the movie's going to be about. Right. And then uh, you have to. To all of a sudden, you have to come up with a song, you know. Yeah. Number three is St. Elmo's Fire. So here's another one from that same movie by John Parr. Screaming John Parr. Yeah. Yeah. And he's an English musician. Um, so this is your typical, I say, 80s sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you heard this song and didn't know it was from a movie, you'd mm-hmm. think 80s movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of know it, hearing it. Yeah, it has that movie soundtrack sound. And uh, so we're at number two with Cherish by Cool and the Gang. Cherish, yes, it's yeah. a, it's another love song. It's uh, not as much as danceable dance club uh, as Cool and the Gang has done, but it's a it's a love song. Yeah, so the song starts off with the sound of the ocean and keyboards and a, and seagulls. It starts with the line, "Let's take a walk together near the ocean shore," and it's since become a wedding song. Okay, probably but, even more so in the late eighties, but yeah. And this, believe it or not, Cool and the Gang. This was off their 16th album. <laughs> Who gets that? I mean, 16 albums. In 1985. Wow. It's the third single. Uh, they've released 24 albums, and the last was in 2013. But to get to 16 by 1985, that's a lot when of, they started. That's a lot of recording. Wow. Yeah. And this song ranks as the biggest adult contemporary chart hit of the 1980s. Wow. Yeah. So listen to Cherish. Yeah. And number one of top 10 U.S. singles 35 years ago. Is probably one of the most overplayed of the 80s. I have to agree with you, Jim. This, you yeah. know, what I said before about sec- they're second and third to this. I want my MTV. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. And if you're watching TV, it was about MTV, right? This song's um, pretty much the commentary on the birth of the music video. Mm-hmm. Being in a band, women, money, and appliances. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's microwaves, color TVs. Uh, now, MTV was only four years old at okay. the time. So by this time, you know, music video was just a hot thing. Right, right. But, you know, it's funny that when, when you mention it, the video, I think of appliances. I think about microwave ovens and, and refrigerators. Yeah. yeah. And Sting is on this. That, redeeming quality. Yeah. Redeeming quality. Now, this album is from Brothers in Arms, mm-hmm. and it is the first album to sell 30 million copies on CD. 
A great album, by the way. I was at some uh, yeah. parties back in college, and uh, this album was playing. And I think I went outside or went for a drink when this song played because it was overplayed. The rest of the album's decent. Yeah, Walk of Life is on there. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, I, I love Dire Straits, but I just assumed they had come out with more albums after this. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, this is the fifth album of only six. Their last album was 1991. So the next album came out in 91, and they broke up a couple years later. Now, there's no talk of them getting back together either because Mark Knopfler, the lead singer, mm-hmm. he didn't even show up when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow, what was he so doing? So there's something going on there. Yeah. But this is the eighth best-selling album in UK history, and it get this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it spent over 1,100 weeks on the UK album chart. The fifth most of all time. Wow. And I'm sure that's the album and the songs, maybe. Uh, yeah. You know, not just the song. I want to encourage our listeners to check out this album, but not for the two songs that you mentioned. Uh, when I hear this album, do you know if this has uh, your latest trick on it? Yeah, it does. That's, yes, that's, that, that's my... that song is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if, if you don't know Dire Straits, you've got to check out this album and by all means, you can skip over Money for Nothing and Walk of Life, but listen to the song, Your Latest Trick. It is so sweet. I, I yeah, encourage I you to listen to that. to that the other day. Ah, love that. Okay, so that does it for our top 10. That was from September 21st, 1985. So, Jim, we have a winner. Last show, we offered a CD. Mm-hmm. It's the best of Three Dog Night. Yeah. So, who won the CD? His name is Howard Ray. So, good going, Howard. Yeah. And... You'll be getting your CD real soon. Great. Next, we have our featured segment. Excellent. And it is with Claudio Strilio of the band Anything Box. Yes. I'm psyched. It's going to be a good one. So on today's show, we have a special guest. He's a songwriter, artist, and the lead singer of the band Anything Box. Welcome to Jim and Mike Talk, Claudio Strilio. <laughs> Hopefully I said your name right. You can hey, actually just say Claude S, which is what I prefer, and people Claude. never do that. Oh my God. Uh, Claude S. I'm going to have to change the background. Claude S is fine. Okay. Uh, oh. So... You've, we've got you silhouetted like you're the invisible man on the screen there. Do you, you not want to be seen? I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, <laughs> I was trying to be funny. And now I'm like, how do you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> we see your silhouette anyway. Crap. I thought you uh, invented a serum over there. I, th- I, cool. I was ready. Yeah. Oh, man. He's working on Darn that. It. Claude, it's good. It's good to meet you virtually. Uh, at least part of me. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We can do it like this. What yeah. have I done? <laughs> um, oh, God. See, this is what you get when you get like a creative person doing this yeah. crap. <laughs> you could figure out how to do it, but not how to undo it. Yeah, creativity. Oh, creativity. The thing is, I had it all set up, right? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I can just turn it off. But the minute the actual thing became yeah. live, the whole thing went kablooey. Oh, there we oh. go. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Here we go. Virtual background. None. There you go. Hi. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> there so we're gonna... I am. Thank you, guys. You, you see our, our background. 
Jim, Jim made it back over here. Can you see it? Okay, very cool. Very cool. (laughs) So we're going to ask some hard-hitting questions today. And the first one is, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I'm still having it. It's right here. He's still having it. <laughs> this is what, what I is had. I'm, I'm having my coffee. Remember, it's okay. 7 o'clock my time, or 11 yeah. o'clock, but I got, up, okay. I got up really early. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so ele- I mean, you, 11 o'clock. Do you want to know what I had for breakfast? Is that really what you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a joke. I mean. No, that's good. That's good. So it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> 11 o'clock where you're at. Very cool. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but um, with the year, but I think it was 88. Uh, my band, Frame of Mind, opened for Anything Box at a club called Oliver J's. In Pennsylvania. Yeah. Do you remember? Because I don't remember much from, I know that was a long time ago. <laughs> and I know you probably played a lot of shows. Um, you know what's funny? We I only played a couple, so. Vividly. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You, you said Allentown. I'm wondering if that was in South Bethlehem. Down Third Street in South Bethlehem. It could have been Bethlehem yeah. or Allentown. Yeah. I remember, didn't we help you load your equipment or take your... Yeah. He wouldn't remember that. <laughs> he, he just say, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but that was the funny, first time we met you guys. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's and I think it was the stories. only time I, I met you, but... Yeah, yeah. We had fun, man. I, I Like, that was one of those... I don't know. I want to call it a... A fledgling, a fledgling moment of brightness. You, you just, uh-huh. where you see the future, where it's going. Mm-hmm. And that show in Pennsylvania was actually a really important one for me. Okay, um, great. That's why I remember it really well. First of all, it was the very first show where we played outside of New Jersey. So okay. contrary to popular belief, even New York City was after I believe mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So, and that could be wrong, but this is how I remember it. Um, so it was the first we're out of state, you know, we're driving somewhere far from home mm-hmm. with all this gear, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> and who were you with on that show? Who was with you? Uh, helping you? It was Mike and Donia. Um, mm-hmm. The three that wound up in California uh, at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the drive was really long and we were scared because although we put flyers out, remember there's no internet or anything to tell you that it's going to be packed or that you're going to be Dependent on word of of mouth, word of mouth and those postcards and and flyers. And and independent radio stations at the time. Yeah. So there was a college station that we, you know, this is how we kind of got it, I think. Uh, Michael probably hear this podcast and say, no, it was like this. <laughs> but um, I remember it being that we, we got the hookup because there was some airplay happening. Mm-hmm. So we had no idea what was going to happen. So the really cool things that did happen there that were amazing to me was first when we played, everyone sat down on the dance floor I remember uh-huh. that, and that was very <laughs> disconcerting because we're like, "You're gonna like, sit there." Yeah, why are people sitting? Us? <laughs> what is this about? Like, you know, we didn't know what, what to expect. So we do like two songs in, and I just remember that then everyone stood up, and I'm like, "Are you enjoying this?" And then someone yelled out, "We were just listening," 
And that was a mm -hmm. big deal. Like, yeah, I thought, wow, yeah. we could really, we're enjoying this. And then mayhem broke loose. That was the first <laughs> time that someone literally OD'd or, or had a fainting or something right wow. in front of the stage. And we watched her being carried out. And wow. this was like, is this the future? Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, here I don't remember that? any of that. Wow. Yeah, it was really crazy. <clears throat> and um, we got to Weren't there, um, there were a couple other bands too, right? Besides yeah, us, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. But I definitely remember you guys. And yeah. I don't remember the other bands, but I definitely remember you guys. And then I remember that we all hung out. And true to that picture that's on the demo tape, which I swear I've looked for everywhere, but I haven't mm -hmm. found it, but I know I have it somewhere is there's a picture on the cover and it's the two of you on a tractor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I still I have. have that. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Um, Steve and I. Right. So that's yeah. not me. That's not me. I was there somewhere being a roadie probably, but uh, yeah, Steve was with you in the band. Yeah. Steve was with Jim in the band. Yeah. And I think yeah, you talked it was to incredible. And we were hanging out in some, after we, from what I remember, you guys gave us the tape. You helped us unload the gear out of the place, which was a mm -hmm. little bit of mayhem. And <laughs> then we were hanging out in a field that was very much like the field that's in that picture, which might have been the same okay. field. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I remember about that night. See, and... I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. So that's my memory, right? See, and that was and the. Um... With... So, so you're saying it was a positive. Uh, it was a positive crowd. I mean, except for the girl ODing and falling over. Uh, it was a positive uh, reaction. Oh yeah, with the crowd. yeah. We we loved <laughs> That's it. That's great. And then it was like, this is it. We know we're doing <laughs> the right things, I guess, because we're in a place that nobody should know anything about us, and suddenly we mm -hmm. have fans. Very cool. So that was a very happy feeling, and you know, from. So I was going to tech. I was going to tech school in Allentown there. And so Allentown, Bethlehem. And so uh, several college radio stations, uh, Muhlenberg, uh, WMUH was great too. Just playing a lot of great stuff. A lot of stuff that you and I both, all of us love. And so, uh, yeah, those people were there maybe. Yeah. Coming out to see you. It was crazy, man. Um, yeah. So I have one more story about that whole incident. And then this okay. is, and then. <laughs> incident. We'll call it a good incident. A good incident, but this, yeah. well, this wasn't so good, but so we're driving home and it's probably about, I want to say it's like 3 a.m., you know, because now, by yeah. now, we was really late and we're, we're driving home on Route 80 or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, we get stopped by a cop because we were, we were uh, speeding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to get home. Yeah. So we get stopped by this cop and he's like, is there any excuse that you can give me why, as to why you're, you know, you know, going so fast or whatever. Mm -hmm, right. We're like, we just played the first gig we ever had in Pennsylvania. Here's our eight <laughs> by 10. Here's our demo. <laughs> really? we're hanging out with this cool we'll band. We're just like you. doing this cool <laughs> stuff and we're just excited. That's all, man. Mm -hmm. And he let us go. Wow. <laughs> cool. give... I'm, I'm hoping he's in the cool music and a, a musician. It was wow. rad. It was like such a rad <laughs> evening, and it ended that way. <laughs> and you had you had what what was worth something. You had something to give. You know, you had something to give to yeah. him instead of just a, a not coming from a great show. Let's go back. So, it was like it was a shitty show, and you can get a damn <laughs> ticket. Yeah. Right, right, and then you get pulled over. That wouldn't be good. You might not have thought. You might not have thought. Do you want our stuff? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
let's let's go so, back to the beginnings here. Let's go so back. So you to were um, you were born in Argentina, is that yes, correct? Yes, I was. When I was did born you in Argentina? When did you come to the U.S.? Uh, my parents immigrated to the U.S. in, gosh, some things don't aren't good with memory. Mm -hmm. Well, how old uh, were you? That'd be better. I say it was seventy. Well, I was six. Okay. And okay. so I want to say that was 77, 78. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I came from, so you grew up in Pennsylvania, right? So well, I grew you up know in New, what? New Jersey, right, New on, Jersey. right on the edge of the Delaware River. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you know what's like out there. You know, they call mm -hmm. it the Garden State for a reason. Yeah. Obviously, there's trees, there's all these beautiful mm -hmm. things. Where I grew up in South America is very much what you would call a rural America kind of look. Mm -hmm. We still had dirt roads. It, we, yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. And I had a, a, as a, as a backyard, I had an entire field. Yeah. Um, when I came to Patterson, it was like I was thrust in the middle of an industrialized world. Yeah, the Patterson, first thing yeah. I saw was wow. a crane destroying a building. <clears throat> mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember that wow. vividly. Mm -hmm. And it was like, where am I? What? Yeah, there's is parts of New Jersey that are beautiful, you know. That where I oh, live, yeah. I live in Wa Washington right now, and I can see the mountains. Very yeah. quiet neighborhood. Yeah. And, are you talking you know, Washington State? New Jersey. No, Washington, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, Washington, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so, Claude, what you're saying is, even at six, you recognize that from the field and the nature to to coming to the wrecking ball. Yeah, you could feel yeah, that. It was sort yeah. of like uh, I I understood that mm -hmm. this was very a very different world, mm -hmm. and it was going to be my my home. You know, so I had yeah. to adapt, and. Um, I can't say that I adapted perfectly, but I, <laughs> I, I did my best. So as a, as a young teen, what kind of music influenced you? What, what do you think may be different from your parents or the same music as your parents? What, what, did you, uh, what developed uh, Claude as a, a young teen musically? Funniest things, man. I mean, I'd love to say, oh, I grew up, I was instantly you know, introduced to craft work by my parents. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. and that was it um no it wasn't like that <laughs> music well actually it's a weird story okay so my parents wanted me to take music lessons mm -hmm. uh specifically guitar lessons mm -hmm. to be balanced they did not want me to become a musician <laughs> well into my teens mind you they did not want that um, yeah. so around, I want to say eight or nine years old in around that time, they decided they wanted me to take some guitar lessons and I hated it. I hated everything mm -hmm. about yeah. it. I didn't want to wow. play the guitar. I didn't want to hear music. I, I, there was nothing about music that I actually liked at that time. It's fascinating. And, uh, it's a really weird thing because what happened was fast forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. Around 10 years old, I drowned. I actually uh. drowned in a lake and I was out, like literally out. Um, they had to pull me out of the water, pump my stomach, you know, all this kind of stuff to bring me back. Uh. Wow, that's traumatic. Uh. And I know this is weird. And I know it's like, I don't, we weren't expecting this in our podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> no, this but, is great. Uh, I came home you know, from that experience 
sentence. And the first thing I picked up was the guitar that had been in the room for like years untouched. And my friend. And every drawing that I had done up until that time, which I was drawing, I've been drawing since I was a little kid, like all little kids draw. But um, the stuff that I was drawing changed on that day. From that day on, the drawings were a little bit more serious, enough that teachers would say, like, I don't know what's in his head, but right. there's something weird about eggs with trees coming out of them, <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, so I started drawing a lot, and I started playing music more. And yeah. my foray into music was very personal. I, I actually came from it with blinders on. And um, so the influences started later on in life where I, you know, people would say, hey, have you heard Van Halen? No, let me hear. Oh, wow, I like this. Oh, have you yeah. heard Pink Floyd? Oh, I like this too. Oh, this, mm -hmm. this resonates. Mm -hmm. And so then it was like pick and choose. So in that sense, I think I have a very varied background. I, I grew up um, into my teens, once enamored of music, of course. Mm -hmm. my, my grandparents were listening to tango in the house. So some mm -hmm. of that comes in. I had friends who were into really heavy metal. That comes in. Mm -hmm. um, the first independent radio stations I ever heard played punk and new wave. And that was like nothing I'd ever heard before on any radio station mm -hmm. or in school. New for everybody, so right? That obviously. Yeah. So that definitely <laughs> hit me. Um, and then I had a friend who I met in one summer who was a DJ guy and he made mixtapes. So in those mixtapes, I would hear this weird music and I would be like, what is this? What, what the hell? And what, is the, yeah. what are these instruments? And then right. that's when, oh, that's can, that's, you know, craft work, you know? And, and I was like, okay, mm -hmm. all right. So I guess my musical structure began to form itself out of all that. So right, right. The traumatic the table. Right. The traumatic experience that you had at age 10, it really, you go to the, and I, you know, we've heard this before from some other people, you go, you need something, you go to, to the guitar to help express yourself, feed your soul. Exactly. But to, you to don't try know to, what the hell happened to you and you're, I need, I don't know what to say, so I'm going to play something. I, yeah. And uh, it's so interesting that your drawings changed as well. Yeah. Fascinating at age 10. And then, yeah. And then the creativity, the, the unusual, uh, instruments and experiences of electronica, craft work, uh, in, industrial. Yeah. Oh, so you're, I have uh, to add this story so that you so that you get the whole picture here. So I'm trying to learn guitar better, which never happened. Um, <laughs> to this, day, I played for a year myself uh, and uh, gave uh, it up. We could talk about that later, but. Um, so I'm trying to learn the guitar, and I'm trying to learn how to write music and to express myself. And one thing that was really frustrating was I could hear other things in my head that I wanted to put down that I couldn't get right. So I play a, 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 a you know, let's say a basic rhythm on the guitar, mm -hmm. but immediately I'd be hearing a counterpoint and I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to play that? Uh -huh. Right. I right. can't do both. And then I hear a bass sound. Yeah, you hear you're hearing the bass, sound, hearing the drums. All that stuff was very frustrating. Frustrating. Hmm. So one day, my dad comes home, and I was about, I, I want to say I was already 17. Uh, 
And my dad comes home and he's like, I won something in a poker game and I don't know that I can sell it. So I'm just giving it to you. I think it might be worthwhile for you. Yeah. Snare drum. And it was a real to It was uh, a real <laughs> I'm not a guest drum, sorry. <laughs> and the first thing I saw that it had on it, it says it was a Sony and it said features sound on sound. And that to me was like, uh-oh. <laughs> if that's what I think it is, I'm in. <laughs> and sure enough, it was. And you know, I was, that's wow. it, man. I was like, okay, now I can overdub myself over and over and over again. And a lot of weird, creepy music came out of it. <laughs> wow. And, that, and that's real to real. There's very few people had a real yeah. to real. Exactly. Yeah. So I went from real to real into studios. I actually bypassed four tracks and, <laughs> and weird, <laughs> and you know, all that stuff. I just went from one right to the other. Like it was mm -hmm. bizarre. <laughs> so cool so so how so let's talk about your record deal with oh Epic. boy now no, how did this <laughs> if you want to <laughs> now I you know, can make this as short as you want there so i know when i was in a band we were we didn't play out a lot you know we only did like three or four shows but we did record and we did send our tapes to record companies in hope hopes of getting a record deal so was that, I know you probably did that and maybe someone saw you perform. Um, like how, how did that? I can tell you that back. I mean, I'm sure there's a long story. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. actually, but, but yeah. I mean, I'll give you the, the skinny. I'm sorry. I tend to ramble. That's okay. But, um, <laughs> you know, let's set the scene. It's 86, between 86 yeah. and 88. We did a lot okay, of yeah. shows, a lot. And we were getting, mm -hmm notoriety we actually managed to get ourselves some airplay tapes were being sent out i can tell you right now every single person nothing not a single reply yeah. not a single return nothing mm -hmm. nothing was happening hmm. and we were kind of okay with that because at every show we were selling tapes so at mm -hmm. the end of the night we we're like okay so we're splitting 300 bucks i mean we were yeah. making money so mm -hmm. we're splitting some money we're buying pizza for ourselves and yep. we got money to print flyers for the next show. So all good. You were happy let's doing the keep, shows. Let's yeah. just keep people, doing, let's just keep people doing People liked your music. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And we were having, we were really getting good crowds. Mm -hmm. um, I'm proud of these things. So it's not, I'm not saying it to show off, but it's really funny how we went from 10 people the first time, 20 people the, the second time. And then we were, all of a sudden 150 people and then suddenly you know 10 shows in we're like 600 people at every time and we're like oh, wow. what is happening here you know it's crazy so we loved yeah. it but at the same time we were very unprepared for that kind of thing you know the you know the jump yeah. a word was so spreading to answer people your were question, going to... <laughs> labels at that time they really weren't interested in synth pop or anything of the sort it just wasn't happening mm -hmm. um you know, uh, hair metal was in, that was what was on MTV. That's all we were really seeing, you know, but the hmm. Bon Jovi's of the world were yeah. making money. <laughs> so uh, we, We've got a story about that, but that's for some other time. Yeah. Do tell. We don't like so, <laughs> so, you know, so, so that's the what was making money. So obviously three people that look like they came out of a graveyard playing really Did, weird mm -hmm. instruments wasn't so, going to sell records. So were you, so. were you wearing makeup or any costume? 
Well, I wouldn't say that I was wearing makeup per se. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that new way look. N- no, but you know, obviously the hair was all weird. The goth, yeah. And, and yeah okay. All of us were in black and very gothy yeah, looking yeah. at that time. Yeah. And um, our attitude was very different. And so honestly, that didn't do it. What actually did it was that later on, a pop artist out of the blue was visiting Jersey. That was Stacy Q, for those that don't, don't know the story. Mm-hmm. And her band wound up going to some Rutgers gig, and they saw mm-hmm. us, and they're like, you should be signed. And we have a manager that might be interested to give us a tape. We did. Again, nothing really happened. Um, he called us maybe two months down the line and said, if you guys can fly to California, we'll record a demo of one song, but you got to mm-hmm. fly yourselves out. We can't pay for it. So we actually wow. have to come up with the money to pay for it. Yeah. It's a thousand dollar commitment right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and mm-hmm. it was really hard to come by. Um, uh, we did it. We went, we recorded the song. That was that. We didn't think anything of it. What Maybe was the two song? Months, that... uh, Living in Oblivion, of course. Oh, and okay. The mm-hmm. demo, by the way, that demo was the one that what happened was he gave it, or he, uh, John St. James, let someone hear it. Mm-hmm. They stole the dat. Okay. <laughs> they stole the master tape. Mm-hmm. Digital audio. Took it tape. to a mm-hmm. radio station in Houston, played it, and it just shot straight up. Wow. Uh-huh. And now, of course, <laughs> you have radio stations taping it off each other, and suddenly this mm-hmm, unknown yeah. band out of nowhere is getting airplay. Everyone yeah. wants to sign you, and that's the secret. So the secret, if you want to know, then <laughs> and now in 2020, it's the same. If you're causing enough attention, right. they come to you. You, you. you can go to them as much as you want. Nothing's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always going to be based on the attention you're getting from the outside world. So that's really, you know, the so that's a very unusual break now. that you're, and you're saying that went from LA to Houston, yeah. from New Jersey to LA to Houston, down to, H- to Houston. Yeah. What a, yeah, across the whole U S that's yeah. a very so strange instantly break. We're famous in Houston and, and we've never <laughs> been there. <laughs> so yeah. imagine that. So that, that was the oddity of all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, yeah. I wish we hadn't picked Epic. <laughs> <laughs> so we the had songs other choices, for... and and I there are some that yeah. I I regret. I kept telling mm-hmm. them I I really like, you know I liked some Bizarre for example, and they were interested, and I was like I I'd rather be on some Bizarre, and they're like, but it's not a big label. Mm-hmm. I want I'd rather yeah. be on Beggars Banquet. They're looking like <laughs> yeah. they they want to do something, and I I I I love that label. I'm like I think know, Wham was on Epic. Yeah, yeah. Wham was on Epic. <laughs> I think Cheap Trick was on Epic. Wham. Oh, God. <laughs> I love Cheap Trick, but anyway. Claude, we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about your first album a little bit, and then a couple other albums. Not all of them. Not gonna you know spend uh, spend the whole afternoon going through each album. <laughs> yeah. But talk about Peace a little bit, and then uh, also two other albums. Uh, some stuff off of that. Yeah. Now Peace was. Um, were these? Did you already have these songs written? Were these songs you were performing, or was it? combination yeah i mean i would say that 90 percent of all bands their first album is usually a uh 
a composite of all the live gigs they're doing. Yeah. Right. And most of the songs they're playing live are the most popular ones and, and so forth. Right. <clears throat> With us, um, there were three new songs, maybe four. Okay. But everything else was older material that we had been doing live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy to record. I think the whole album took two weeks to track okay. and, and mix and everything. We did it in two weeks. Now, did you have to play all the, all the demos for the record company? Or, you know, the, like, how do they... Oh my God! Because I, I watched your Quarren stream, and I know yeah, it was you know that, there was yeah. some approvals there that had to be made. Yeah, the, you want to go into all that? <laughs> some of it was bizarre, and look, I get it. I get their point of view too. I can't obviously if someone came to me and said, you know, I wrote a weird song that has three verses and the choruses only come in at the end. Yeah, I might be a, a bit weirded out by that, but. Hmm. It's the suggestion of, it's a weird feeling when they say, no, mm-hmm. nah, yeah. and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're something like, you put a lot of time into, for ages, and everyone or a song it. you, you yeah, love but, yeah. playing, or lo- yeah. Yeah, or a song that, you know, you don't realize that they don't like it, but it's because someone else wrote half of it, and they're not going to get half the publishing on it, so the, mm. so that, you know, not to use this as a platform for, for politicism here, but it's that whole idea of because the, the, the source isn't what you like or the source has mixed emotions politically, then you're going to say no rather than it's a good song. Mm-hmm. You're just on its face value can say it's a good song. Yeah, and so right. that, was, that, that was the first, you know, the beginning of like, oh, God, this is just going to get harder. So you, you, got, to- you got to deal based on living in oblivion or what, or did you have to present after it was got the radio airplay, like a couple more songs just to prove that you had the the same one that everyone heard. Um, and they, they loved, for example, kiss of love. They thought was a hit. Mm -hmm. Okay. They loved world without love. They thought that was a hit. Um, so you presented other songs to them before. And, okay. And, and they're like, yeah. okay, so you have more stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, mistakenly, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got a notebook, 300 something songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Sign here then. Sign these away. <laughs> <laughs> I rem- remember um, Steve and I were driving to, um, we call QMAR, it's Quaker Town Farmer's Market. Just north of Philly. And that's when we heard Living in Oblivion on the radio. We were just blown away because I think at the time we knew. I don't know if we knew you were signed to Epic or we found out after. But we're so proud of you guys. Yeah. Because well, that's that. what we were trying to do. But we never, you know, got that far. And, and I remember Steve's, Steve's uh, feel, his creative flow, and what he liked, very similar to your, uh, what you were producing. So, yeah, Steve really was into that. Talking about touring, uh, have you ever toured outside of the U.S.? Yes. Um, regrettably not Europe, but, mm-hmm. um, where we would have done, I think much better. Um, but, um, South America for sure. Um, so we've been to Peru, we've been to Ecuador, um, outside us borders. We did Puerto Rico, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. How's that work with Spanish language? I've been to Peru several times, uh, Spanish speaking predominantly, and then some Quechua. 
uh, how is it how does it go uh, for English receiving the English language? Uh, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, I can speak Spanish, so I can yeah. hold my tongue. Mm -hmm. um, we so you would do a funny a funny trick that we would play on people when we went to South America the first <laughs> yeah. time. Oh, in Mexico too, by the way. I forgot mm -hmm. to mention. Um, we it's a trick we started in Mexico, which was really funny. We do things sometimes just to be, you know, for lack of a better word, anarchists, right? But mm -hmm. in a, in a lighthearted way, not on mm -hmm. not to be mean or to do things on purpose. So when we went to Mexico the first time, you know. Remember, Donia is Ecuadorian, basically. So I said to uh, Donia, look, let's not speak Spanish at all. Let's just wait until a given moment, and then we'll just start. Like, we won't. So, you yeah, know, right, so, right. so one no, of the first funny. interviews on television, which was really funny, so they had an interpreter on there. And so, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they're like, what do you think of, you know, this? And then we'd answer in English and then they would interpret, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So then, like, I think about five <laughs> or ten minutes in, they asked some question about music. And as the interpreter was speaking in Spanish, I interrupt them. And I'm like, excuse me, that part, you, you're not getting it quite right. She <laughs> uh -huh. goes like this. And then I start speaking uh -huh. Spanish. I'm like, what do you nice. think, Donnie? And then she starts speaking Spanish. Uh -huh. The funniest <laughs> shit you could imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would definitely the throw him off. Little... I could see him, the engineer, across the way with his headphones on, and he takes them off. Mm -hmm. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was great. That's a great trick. So then they wanted so... us to do that everywhere we went, which was really funny. But it actually added to, you know, like they realized you're singing about serious topics. You have, you, you have certain energy on stage. And then you have this demeanor. So obviously, obviously, there's different dichotomies playing into it. It's not right. just, it's not a very, a very uh, unidirectional thing, you know, mm -hmm. emotionally. Right. So, right, multifaceted, you know, who you are, multifaceted. When they look at you at a glance, they're like, where's he from? <laughs> yeah, or like, and, or, or, or like what's, what's his game anyway? Because, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I never follow all the rules. So it always makes right. it like, you know. So yeah. it was it was our first uh, foray into being really individualistic because we could get away with almost anything going ac across the, the pond. So mm -hmm. we were right. just trying different things. It's like, you know, let's so, let's so change. when you toured. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, let's just change costumes mid song, like, mm -hmm. you know, get out of the stage and come back wearing completely different colors and not explain it at all. Just do it. <laughs> And, yeah, you know, to, to us it was funny, but to people it was like, why did they do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> but you're looking for an audience that wants to say, make me think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give me something to think about. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And kind of the, which is, yeah, which is the opposite of hair bands and heavy metal. So on your first <laughs> top of the day. <laughs> so on your first tour, uh, did you, you weren't headlining, right? Were you opening for other I don't know how big the, the places where you were playing. It was funny. We, it was so unprecedented. Mm -hmm. So we had these moments where in one, okay, so the gigs are, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this because it doesn't sound logical in any way, shape, or form. But here's what happens. You get a song on the radio. It goes to number one. 
but you're not thinking of the top 10. You're thinking, I'm at number one, and this is what I'm into. So when we go play at this place, this is what I'm going to see. Yeah. And it's not like that. Maybe, you know, uh, it was Lanier was number two, and Debbie Gibson was number three. So your right. show is, oh, I'm opening for Debbie Gibson? Oh, <laughs> I'm playing with third base? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm playing with a rap band? <laughs> like, so yeah. the first bit of shows were so bizarre because, you know, we're trying to come on and we, I don't know if you saw pictures of that time, but we had like military gear, you mm -hmm. know, the background was camouflage stuff. And yeah, yeah. We're going on with like teeny bopper type things yeah. that were happening yeah. at the time. And everyone's like, I can tell you, there was a lot of radio stations that we would play a song, or we would play our set, and then the next day we'd be dropped from that playlist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that happened that's, actually because it was like difficult. we don't know what the hell you're doing, or what we don't we don't understand what you're doing. How did you get a so, hit? You know, like so difficult to mix the genres in in the same show just because you're number one, two, and three. Because yeah. exactly, and so yeah. our first shows that first summer, they were crazy, man. But yeah. I have to say, because of that, we learned a lot about performing because we would watch certain people and we would say, you know, I like how they're working the crowd. That's something mm -hmm. we're not good at in one aspect, but I like mm -hmm. how they did it. Mm -hmm. And we would see the reverse of that, which is like, oh, wow, was that ever a mistake that that person <laughs> just made? Look mm -hmm. at how the crowd yeah. just basically turned on them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we started to have our little rule book, like, don't do this. That, yeah. that, that doesn't work. <laughs> don't don't so, be arrogant and don't demean the crowd. Okay, check. Yeah, don't, don't say, why the fuck aren't you dancing? That doesn't work. <laughs> I'm leaving, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm, F you guys, I'm leaving this, I'm leaving this stage. Yeah. You know, don't do those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you, you kind of get a sense of like, how different performers deal with crowds and we learned a lot that way from watching other performers and we needed that because all we had was our new jersey performances which were you know let's face it people who really liked us who are fans but a lot of friends and family and people that would go to every show so we didn't have to do much mm -hmm. so yeah. now it's like no you're on trial now we have to like <laughs> we're you know we're competing with depeche mode we're competing with mm -hmm. you know all these other people so you need to pay attention to what's happening right so, so you yeah. so you played with some big big bands besides debbie gibson <laughs> We actually didn't play with Debbie Gibson. I just okay. used her an example. Yeah. I was trying to remember all the weird ones that were all like. Because I saw I saw charts. a picture of you with a guy from Depeche Mode, um, one of the guys. So you obviously met. I don't know if you met all of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the cool thing about like when you're getting up to a certain level, you can kind of, mm -hmm. hey, can I get you know in there? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And that was kind of cool. So we got to meet them, um, but we never actually got to play with them. Did you ever run into anybody in the? recording studio uh, that we're oh, also yeah. recording at the time uh during worth we did okay actually during worth we actually met um i didn't get to do it i had a migraine that night okay um and donya got to meet nick cave mm -hmm. and uh he asked her to do a recording with him Wow. Just to sit in and do backing vocals. So she mm -hmm. wanted to yeah. bring backing vocals on some Nick Cave <laughs> record. And I would have done it too. And I was sick mm -hmm. that night. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we got to meet Sandra. 
uh, also in Germany. Germany, mm -hmm. we got to meet a lot of people actually. Um, and the studio next door, when we were recording uh, Worth, which is a good story later, if you want to ask, uh, Neubauten was recording next door. So now we're okay. meeting people that we admired or that music that we were listening to that were more mm -hmm. along the lines of, oh, this is our thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, this is not, quote, some band that just happens to be in the top five and we're, we're with them, but we don't listen to them at home. Yeah, so, not a good enough reason to be playing there, right? You just yeah, you need to feel so, wanted and, and in your own environment, right? Yeah, and, and, and in your own environment, which is really yeah. cool. So you're like, hey, can I sneak in there and look around? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All this stuff they've got in that room. <laughs> and then and it you goes go back... in, you know, and you meet them and you're like, wow. And you're meeting them on a weird, yeah. not the typical thing. Because you're like, we're recording next door. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. recording. And then they come into your mm -hmm. room to listen to some yeah. tracks. Well, come into yeah. our room, listen to what we're working on. Uh, sharing really the creativity, sharing it. it that way, you know, much better than being at a show and you're like, I've been a band for 15 years. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> you know. So, so the, um, so your second album, uh, mm -hmm. Hope, that Not was sick. <laughs> what? what? Technically. Oh, oh really? Well, tell the us one about that. that was that. never released, right? Tell us the about that, that then. Tell us about Worth. So... Peace is out, doing great, we're fine, everything's great, except that we're like really having trouble with the record company. Mm -hmm. So second album syndrome kicks in, right? Where they're yeah. like, what are, we, what are you gonna do for your second record? Now, this is gonna sound mean, I'm not trying to be mean. We <laughs> knew we didn't wanna work with the first producer we'd worked with, who was also our manager and everything else, and we knew we didn't want that. Mm -hmm. We had so many problems with the first record, and all those weird production decisions that we thought we want to be with someone that we love whose work we admire and so that was number one and number two we wanted to probably record somewhere where the record company wouldn't have as much uh, wouldn't have as much access to us yes yeah <laughs> so we chose gareth jones who had done you know black celebration and mm -hmm. Some of the Neubauten stuff, he'd done Erasure, of course, and a lot of great bands. So we chose him. We wanted him. Record company said no. We said, if you don't do it, we're walking. Like, we will boycott everything. Yeah. We won't tour. Oh. We won't do anything that you wow. want. Mm -hmm. So we basically strong-armed them into it. They said, fine. The beauty of it was, and this is just what I call sheer luck, or things happen the way they happen for a reason, depending on who you talk to. If it's me, mm -hmm. things happen for a reason. Gareth Jones would not come to LA to record. He, mm -hmm. he said, yeah. I will only record in Berlin because that's where I have studio time and all my gear is there. So if, if I take on this project, you guys will have to come to Berlin. So we were like, yes. Yeah. So we got our wish, right? We have the producer we want. Uh, which, by the way, we think we want because we don't know what's going to happen when we meet him. And we, we have a city that's far away from Epic Sony so that we're not going to have too many eavesdroppers coming in saying, we don't like that bass sound or we don't like this, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we go over to Berlin. We meet him. He was fantastic. And um, he was my first 
look into what I consider a real producer. And I don't mean that to demean the others. It's just that there's two pr production types. One is the, the producer that says, I want my imprint and everything that is in this record has to have a little piece of what I do in it. Mm -hmm. And whatever your vision is, I don't care as long as it yeah. serves the needs of the record company and the production. That's one type of producer. I don't like that type. Right. Right. Then the other kind of producer is one that's creative, does have a signature, just like the first, but you understand this is your vision. So what I'm going to do is we're going to try to get the best out of what you're giving me. And I'm going to make suggestions. We can, we can vote. We can say yes, we can say no. And I think, I'll, and I'm, I'll be really honest, I fell in love with him. We were sitting at dinner. It's our first night there. And he said, I've heard all the songs at least two or three times. And he says, let's run through the list. And so he, he was basically saying this one, I think we could do more backing vocals. I think some instrumentation, you, I'm sure you'll come up with some different ideas. We'll do some jamming, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And he got to a certain song that was the closer. And he says, this song, he goes, honestly, we just need a really good recording of it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. loved that. It was as if yeah. ego was not involved. He said, mm -hmm. basically, mm -hmm. this song is pretty much done. All we have to do is get it recorded properly. Yeah, he I'm was saying just like that. Vocal. Right. I'm not changing yeah. the words. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to serve an interest here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's the right guy. He's the right guy. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes. Yeah. And he was. And I learned so much from him um, that I would not have been able to record myself properly without him mm -hmm. afterwards. So he was very important to us. So, so Worth was the second album, you said? Yeah. Because I thought... Yeah, but, I know everyone. It, it, but it, hope, that's the mix up. Everyone but hope came out second, second yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It did. So there was between the first and second one when they were re released, there was like a six-year gap. Is that right, or is it is that right? Yeah. Um, so not quite six years because okay. So peace came out in ninety. Worth was supposed to come out at the tail end of ninety-one. Okay. Mm -hmm. All through 1991 through to the tail end of 1992, we fought to get it released. Okay. Okay. We gave up mm -hmm. around September, but by then we were already writing a third album. Okay. And then Hope was recorded on the tail end of 1992 and came out right in January, February of 1993. So about okay, a year Mm -hmm. so I don't know why I had 96. And then by the time everyone mm -hmm. heard it, it was probably mm -hmm. towards the end of 93 because we didn't have any, you know, distribution or anything to speak of. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Everyone heard mm -hmm. it around 94 and 95. So it, it, that's where it becomes the gap, right? Yeah. Let's jump ahead uh, to 2001, I believe. Okay. With the universe is expanding. Yeah. Yeah. Love that album. Yeah. So the, the sound, the, the sound is so different. Uh, <laughs> as you've heard before, I'm not saying anything new. It's just got a different feel to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that one and the, and the next one. Um, forgive me, I don't have the title here. It's okay. Is the next one? The Effects of Stereo the TV. The Effects of Stereo I'm sorry. TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
which we yeah, are well, experiencing those, those right two now in 2020. Are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 2020 already. Can you yeah. believe it? <laughs> so right. those two were were not, uh, you know, electronic. Uh, they were just, especially the effects of stereo TV. And right. I, have, I wanted to ask you about the drums. Uh, I'm a drummer, and so uh, my daughter's got an acoustic kit that I just bought for her. And I've, I mean, an electronic kit I just bought for her for uh, her birthday. And I've got a couple acoustic kits. What, what are, what are you playing, or what is someone playing on, on the percussion, for, uh, for, that's. Um, well, uh, let me go back. Let me go back one album. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go back because I have a couple there, other the evolution there. gets weird, yeah. and okay. I'll, I'll 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 answer that question. But it, yeah. it it's a funny weird thing. So after Hope, we did Electrodelica, which is the really yeah. weird one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And during Electrodelica, which was like the the weird anything goes record, my mm-hmm. feeling was I'm not going to chase synth pop anymore in any way, shape, or form. I don't care. And my attitude's sort of still like that to this day. It's sort of like I'm an electronic musician, but nothing is off the table. If I want to write a song that's 147 uh, beats per minute and last 30 seconds, I'm going to do it. Right. If I if I want to have real drums, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to, you know, so everything was on the table. That's good. Mm-hmm. You're open. You're being open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did it, and then when Universe came came around it was sort of our this is where we started to listen to some voices where it was like if you go just one step further you're in pop territory yeah so why don't you just do it just just do it (laughs) so we're like you know all right we'll do it on two songs we'll see what happens we'll try it you know we'll go Mm -hmm. into pop territory Right. We'll have a breakdown with some rapping on it or something. You know, we'll do it. Why not? Yeah. We could do whatever we want. So we did it. And I'm glad we did it. But what I feel happened is by then we pushed the boundaries so far out from where we were that then we couldn't we couldn't identify with ourselves. Like we're like, where are we? Like, where am I? Am I in a grunge band? Have I created a grunge yeah. band out of a synth band? And now what? Mm-hmm. What if this becomes popular and now everyone expects us to do grunge all the yeah. time mm-hmm. and we come back and we want to do when we lie, we can't, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. there's a weird conundrum there. But to answer your question around universe, I bought a drum set for my daughter. Okay. Uh, just like you bought a drum set yeah. for your daughter yeah. and it was an acoustic kit. And a friend of mine, which is funny because he passed away a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I had a pretty, it's been a bad week. But so a friend of mine, uh, he actually said, buy a good one. Because he's like, your daughter might lose interest, but you won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just stick it in the back of the room, mate. Just just, mm-hmm. just put some good drum heads on it. Yeah. Just leave it there. It's good advice not to get a cheap drum set. And sure enough, she played it like three times and then it was mm-hmm. just sitting there. So I started miking it up, and yeah. uh, I would do what what was known as Sunday sessions, and I and I did them for years. So this is the cool thing about Sunday sessions: every Sunday, three hours, I practice. Drums are all miked up, fast beats, slow beat, jazz, 
hip hop, whatever I could get my into my head that I yeah. wanted to play, and I'd record it all, just cool. straight to tape, and for lack of a better word, yeah. and what I would do is edit these down into loops or slices. I have a treasure trove of those. So, like to wow. this day, I probably have thirty thousand some oddball files of me just playing drums. Mm -hmm. So. And snipped up and manipulated and, and whatever. It, or what, however yeah. I want. So if, yeah. you know, all I, so for example, if I wanted to write a, a new, you know, let's say just for the sake of argument, uh, a punky song, right? Yeah. I can go to a folder that says Punk Sunday, 10-19-2002. And yeah. every single thing in there is basically that type of a beat already yeah. done. I'm already, I'm already playing it. It's already BPM'd out <laughs> for me and it's me playing. Right. So I can just, it's real drums played in. by you. Right. You've played got it. Me. Yeah. I can slice it up, go for it. <laughs> there goes a new song. So That's I jammed cool. to my, with my own playing. Right. So yeah, universe yeah. took advantage of some of those, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so did, uh, stereo TV, but mm -hmm. that said, <laughs> don't sue me, Dave girl. Um, <laughs> uh, I was in love with Nirvana at the time too. Yeah. So on their second album, there was some nice, you know, I got your kick. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was able to take their kick and mix it with some of the kicks I had. And I, mm -hmm. I made like a whole kit based off oh, wow. Ringo, <laughs> Dave Grohl, the Kinks, mm -hmm. uh, the Who, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Anyone who ever had really good drums, believe me, I've I've pilfered quite a bit. Yeah. Just solid sounds, not loops. I don't care about looping other people, you know, taking a loop off of some record. It's not my my way. But um single hits here and there and to throw them in for flavor and to think, ah, this is a Nirvana thing. And it's yeah. so nice to have that hit because I think it's just it, that's Dave Grohl. Well, he there's a Nirvana that. song on. The effects of stereo. Exactly. Molly's lips. Yeah. Exactly. So, and that one we did a beatbox. Right, right. I was listening to that on the way over to the studio today. And uh, yeah, I'm saying uh, that's, that's Claude beatboxing, I'm sure. My brother, my brother. Your brother. brother. See? Yeah. Okay. I'm wrong. And then, yeah. and then I could hear in the background, sounds like you've very muffled uh, bass drum beat. It's very, it's like this muffled. Is that beatboxing too? Yeah, it's it. He, it's real. He it's the real that. low piece. He could do wow. all that stuff. He okay, would, okay. Um, we uh, it was really funny. He would come up with all these funny beats, and yeah. since I had the drum mics, I used to put a bass drum right on top. Oh yeah, throat. yeah. It's a different <laughs> mic. I know it. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and you'd get this really nice bass, and we're like, yeah. now we're gonna like, you know. I wish I'd sampled more of him beatboxing because then I'd have a treasure trove of just beatboxing. Yeah. But I so when I heard uh, as as a drummer, when I heard these two albums we're talking about, I said that snare is is so is so authentic. I, I just got to figure out whether you, you took electronic and manipulated it or if, or if that was a snare. It's, yeah, it's no, I have beautiful. Now, <laughs> I mean, now I mean, speaking for the tech heads, right? But yeah. now, I mean, I'm still paring down because obviously. As an electronic musician, I can tell you I have a library bar none. I, I probably yeah. have my uh, own yeah. <laughs> sixty thousand plus library, and it's not, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. I, I uh, really wow. do. I would never be able to audition everything I've ever recorded to to use. <laughs> yeah. But um, there are kits I made with an old Mapex kit, um, mm -hmm. 
it was you know mapex as you know is not a a, a really premier brand of any kind yes. but um i put some really nice heads on it i had decent mics um and i had a nice room to mic it up in uh mm-hmm. so i would mic everything up take samples of mm-hmm. each individual drum exactly uh take samples of overheads uh and then do loops so i have me as as a crappy drummer because i'm good for about 12 bars <laughs> um i'm being honest um i if you asked me to play for a band i would not be able to do it i'd come up with really cool mm-hmm. parts but i could only do it once mm. so, <laughs> so uh but that's the beauty of, of being yeah. a track musician right he's like i yeah. know what i want for 12 bars so let me get yeah. a good solid 12 bars and mm-hmm. now i can manipulate those 12 forever bars. Mm-hmm. forever and i can turn them into something they're not even imaginable of what they are so yeah i might you might on the current stuff you might hear an acoustic snare that i recorded yeah. back in 2000 but the way it's pitched changed or put through effects it now sounds like a robot you know what i mean yeah. and that's fine yeah i, I don't mind and it's still I, you I play love that's... That it's mine yeah that's, yeah that's yeah it. it's still it's your voice yeah yeah that it's my <laughs> thing it's like i made <laughs> so by this time when you did universes expanding uh were you, were you, you weren't still with Epic, you were? No, we were you, way on our own by then. Were you independent? Uh, you, or? Yeah, uh, in fact. Pretty much? I think I still have. Is it an N-pop? This is funny. Hold on, I got some. <laughs> Since you asked the question. Yeah, by then it was N-pop. And, you know, so I don't know if you can see this, but I'm going to put it close. Okay. Seen a picture of a mixing board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was so that was actually, your studio. That setup right there is what you're looking at is from stereo TV okay. and, um, you know, universe okay. and opposite that board, like literally, you know, five feet back, mm-hmm. that was the drum set already set up. Okay. That room yeah. was fantastic because we had everything mic'd all the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you could literally walk in there at three in the morning, decide to start playing drums. Someone would just have to hit record and you're in. You were already yeah. on on a track. Yeah. So that room was gold for sampling. So anything. We actually had a, 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 a an upright piano in another corner uh, that I actually got for free from a friend who was moving. And we put a mic on it and so the same same effect you just you yeah. could just walk up to it and just uh, oh i want to record something you know or sample this one string on the piano all i had to mm-hmm. do was hit record on the computer and don't so did you record all did you do all the instruments or did yes. you have other really um, wow there was one or two songs on stereo tv where my friend dave who was in the band at the time he played drums on it okay um and he also wound up doing drums on some of the diary stuff because, you know, again, we had the main pack. So whoever happened to sit behind the kit, if it was good, if anything good came yeah. out of it, it was recorded. <laughs> now, yeah. is Danya on the universe? Uh, is She's it, on both. Because I hear universe girls. And stereo TV. And okay, my okay. daughters yeah. were as well. Very so cool. it was cool. We had oh, okay. uh, extra, extra vocals in there and it was fun. Yeah. Those two, I love those that two song. albums were fun. Yeah. 65 million miles is like one of my favorite. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's the story, you know, about yeah. a guy on a, I, I assume he's on a space station or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she has, she's going back to earth. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> sort of like your major Tom. Or... Super, super long distance relationship right there. Yeah. <laughs> so can she's we play a little? He's on the moon. <laughs> can we play a little bit of that? Sure. I heard from the station you're leaving tonight. I knew it would happen someday. Still I feel so numb. Album, uh, uh, I think the universe starts out with the song "Lead," which is that uh, universe expanding. Uh, no, no, that one starts off with. That's really funny too that you should bring up that particular one. Um, "Lead" starts off the effects of stereo TV. Okay, okay, um, got the album title mixed up. And you know what's funny is that to me that small little record, which by the way, it's the most loathed of all the abox a- a- albums if really? if people have their favorites and they're yeah. you know the lower rung it always yeah. is down here really huh. um yeah uh, the 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 diehard synth pop fans of course yeah okay they, yeah. they don't connect to it yeah um but but i love lead so There's a very punk rock, very, mm-hmm. very in-your-face political attitude on that record. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of the things we were seeing, um, we were reacting to. Mm-hmm. And it, we used our, that Nirvana-esque influence mm-hmm. to tell 
you know, tell a story, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> I like it musically. And also you get a little philosophical there. I believe you say that even God is led. Is that what you say? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have the supreme uh, leader of the universe uh -huh. and all universes and, and you're, uh, you know, even God is led. Led by who? You know, that's, uh, maybe I didn't hear it right. I couldn't get lyrics up on my uh, Apple Music. The idea, by the way, so that I can clear that up, because I'm, I'm a spiritual <laughs> person, yeah. is in, in our media, in our society, God is led. God isn't led in reality, but okay. in, in, the, in the media world, oh, okay. it's sort of yeah. used, know, uh, used uh, and hey, manipulated. I can give you a great example of God is led. Yeah. Today. I bet you can. There's plenty of examples. There's go ahead. plenty of examples. The, the best <laughs> example I can give you is why we can't, let's say, go to church and congregate at six feet apart wearing a mask mm -hmm. while you can get people to go riot and break windows in a park. Oh, yeah. yeah. And forgetting the political aspect of it or the humanitarian mm -hmm. aspect of it, mm -hmm. it just, if you really break it down to logic, it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. So when I look at things like that, yeah, God is led. You're being, you're being told, hey, I can't mm -hmm. worship on Sundays. I don't even know. Are churches not open In right California, now? they are not. Actually, there is Because a, I, I keep hearing now about movie theaters are going to be opening. So before yeah. churches. So you, right, right. So you <laughs> yeah. can go watch a movie about God, but you can't go talk <laughs> about God. Yeah. <laughs> so God is definitely led. <laughs> yeah. It's, In a, that, it's an interesting phrase. So I, interesting phrase, so I thought I'd ask about it. Yeah. So um, let's go on to your last album was 2008. Is that correct? Uh, it's called 19. Ooh, wow. That one. <laughs> I'm going by iTunes, by the way. But, Man. Yeah, we go, don't have your, your library you're, you're there gonna be like You're going to be like, what is he talking about? Okay, so 19 is actually from 1988. And okay. I, I, what I did was when... We moved to California, before we moved to California to record Peace, mm -hmm. out of the blue, I decided to do a little experiment. Mm -hmm. And this is just a weird, flippant thing to do, which was, I want to record something. And I had written a bunch of new songs, none of which are on any of the other albums, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I recorded a bunch of uh, really odd songs straight to the reel to reel, actually straight to cassette, this was. And the minute they were done and I was happy with the songs, I'm like, I'm putting this away. No one's going to hear this. Yeah. I'm not intending to record this. I want to revisit this 20, 30 years from now and see where my head's at. I don't want to touch it. So Was it personal? Or was it um, something else, some other intuition? Your intuition just told you, I got to put this yeah. away. Yeah, my intuition just said, this is one of those things where it is what it is. Just leave it be. So okay. I put it away. And I think it was around 2000. Well, obviously, iTunes knows, right? So 2008 or so, mm -hmm. I pulled this cassette out, listened to it in its entirety. And I, thought, and I think, all right, now this is my younger self expressing itself to me. And now I can hear what I was thinking about back then. I can mm -hmm. go back to memories, all these weird experiences. It's like a time capsule. Yeah. 
So I decided that that was the right time to release it. So I released it in 2008 as, as it was. So why is it called so 19? There's only 12 songs on it. <laughs> <laughs> why is it called COVID-19? There's the first one. Yeah. Anyway, you've heard that. Yeah, right? you, can re, you can rename it. Un-COVID-19, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> why but, is it called 19? Yeah, um, because it was reflections on being that age. Oh, okay. Um, oh, it's an age. Also, right. a play on words because... I was a big avid, um, by then, by 2008, I was reading uh, Stephen King, mm -hmm. and yes. he's got a funny phrase throughout the, uh, if you ever read The Dark Tower, so I'm mm -hmm. a book nerd too. Yeah. So Jim, if you ever Jim read The Dark Tower. has read all of Stephen King, by the way. Jim's got them all. I don't memorize yeah. things. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> well, there's this little theme that happens in, in, the, in the Stephen King books when someone goes, it's all 19. It's all mm -hmm. 19. Yeah like all these weird things and so around then i had a few friends and i were reading that book really like avidly reading that book mm -hmm. and so all of us as a catchphrase would say to each other it's all 19 it's all 19 mm -hmm. every time something on the news came on yeah that was really oh, okay. strange we're like it's all yeah. 19 so yeah. obviously we can say that now it's all yeah. it's all 19 <laughs> now it's, it's all 19 <laughs> so one song on there which i like is maribel yeah mm -hmm. good tune now, this is going to sound kind of hokey, but I thought it out. So it talks about Paris, and it, is this is this something that happened to you in Paris, uh, or just a wish or a dream, girl, or is this just? Man, you're you're asking me a question which is brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> and I wish because this girl you left your heart answer, and this girl <laughs> left, left your heart, heart there on the my Paris heart in a trip. Place I've never been. Um, okay. <laughs> so the funniest thing is that I'm a big reader. I'm a big movie mm -hmm. watcher. And sometimes I'll get an impression from, from watching a movie or from reading a book. And I'm not repeating the book. Yeah. Or in this case, it was a movie. Uh, in fact, the movie takes place in Italy, has nothing to do with anything that's in the song, which is uh, Roman Holiday, if you want to yeah. know. Mm -hmm. I'd watch Roman Holiday. So I love the movie, and I love the fact that these two people couldn't be together. They just couldn't be together. If you know yeah. the movie, right? If, for the yeah, people yeah. that don't know the movie, she's, mm -hmm. she's a, a princess who, has to, who decides to take you know, a day off and basically puts around with these two boneheads yeah. <laughs> who live in Italy who are reporters. And, mm -hmm. and basically she falls in love with one of them and they know they cannot be together because they're from completely different mm -hmm. worlds. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a sad, but very happy story. It's a very good movie. Everyone should watch it during quarantine. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, it's a great one to watch. Take you out of this realm and into another. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I watched that and it made quite an impression on me. And I wound up writing a story, like a little short story about two people in the same kind of scenario. But I chose Paris because that's the art world, you know? And, yeah. and so I'm trying to describe it. I don't think I do a good job of it, but at the same time, it tells a story. And so mm -hmm. 
I like the fact that people always ask me about that one and Carmen okay. and all that stuff because they get to the story parts and they're, you know, right. who is this person? Mm-hmm. Maribel, as a name, is a name I plucked from real life, which was Donia's sister, which was okay. hilarious because her sister would joke around and say, ah, Claude's secret in love with me. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You never heard the end of that one. Yeah, never hear subconsciously. Yeah, uh, to this day, I never hear the end of that one. And she's great, and she's really funny. And so I, I had never met anyone named Maribel. So obviously, when I when I met her sister, I was like, "That's a perfect name for this song." And the, now I know what fits. <laughs> yeah, and, and it is a, a name. A unique name. I've never heard of it before, and so it's great for a song title because it is something that you don't always hear. So, so there you yeah. go. Yeah. So we want to play Maribel. Okay. All right. So here, let's listen. Here. Let's listen to a little bit of Maribel from nineteen. I'm really happy that you asked me about that one because that's a rare, rare thing. People don't, you know, the funny thing about 19 is that now, and this is odd. So 
obviously Abox has been around for a long time now. And mm-hmm. so I have the diehards that have been with us forever. And, you know, they're my age. So they're, they're in mm-hmm. 45, 50s. You know, I have some mm-hmm. fans that are much older. Wow. But 19 as an album, I get fan mail from kids that are 19, 20, 21. Really? Wow. Like, this is my favorite record. Please do more stuff like wow. this. And I'm like, that's cool. And I'm like, but this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then I, I, I started to realize the minimalistic aspect of it. It's from 1988. It sounds like the real 1988 because yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. You can't make that up. You can't pretend yeah. oh, 1988. Yeah. You have to really be in 1988 to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can get away with it in my sense because I have sounds that go back that far. So I can say, okay, I can really, I can use sounds <laughs> yeah. from 1988. Oh, yeah. So I can get away with it. But <laughs> right, but the attitude. I try to do it now. Yeah. And I find that I'll listen to a song and I'm like, it has a feel of 1988, mm-hmm. but these sounds are not 1988. And that's definitely not a 1988 style. It's, you could probably take your vocals from different songs and make a, a new song with technology. <laughs> probably, could. <laughs> probably could, but it's that's, just yeah. funny to me that that's the one that people that are really young latched onto, and I'm like, I'm is that a, so? That's so that's available on iTunes yeah. and Apple Music. 19 is okay. Yeah, it's on yeah, Apple and Music. Spotify yeah. and all that. You did. I saw you did some shows last year. Oh um, man. Uh, yeah, so what are you doing now is what we're asking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> or when, or when's the last I'm time you this, toured? Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> waiting, when's waiting the... for us all to get healthy. Or when's the last time you toured with Danya or, or even Paul? Well, with um... Danya and Paul, it was, it was a few years back. Okay. Um, we, we officially all parted company in amicably, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, n- no, no animosity um they have kids they have their lives and you know musical tastes started to vary too much Uh, in all directions so obviously as Mm -hmm. you get older you know there's no point if you don't want to do it you don't do it yeah yeah right um so around 2014 2015 and for a while i didn't know what i was going to do um but i started gigging on my own and okay. I found that not only could I get away with it, I was actually really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So I cranked up the, you know, the A-Box machine as much mm-hmm. as I could. <laughs> and lo and behold, I started to get really busy. So 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. most of 2019, I was really busy. I was getting getting uh, for lack of a better word getting shit done i was like i was Mm -hmm. happy um do you play mostly in california no i was going all over the states uh i was really you come back to new jersey (laughs) yeah i actually did last year i was in jersey colorado i went Uh, to seattle i had next time you're in jersey i know man (laughs) i had been to look i'd been to seattle i hadn't been to seattle in almost 20 something years so I was starting, you know, and this is a story you're going to hear a lot from different people, right? Mm-hmm. I was on a roll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Economy was good, so I was getting paid mm-hmm. better. It was just like the, the yeah. stuff was happening. And then this so how, and then, you know. Yeah. So just, uh, just thinking of a year or two ago, how do you do it on your own? 
I mean, I've seen I've seen several musicians, uh, you know, on stage alone. Uh, do you? Yeah. What's what's some of the basic things that you're doing? Well, I love to say that I've got limber uh, fingers and I'm playing every single mm-hmm. instrument at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And including yeah, my yeah. toes. And, and a drum. Right. Yeah, hit, hit a drum, <laughs> drum yeah. thing with my head. It doesn't I mean, I can guess. Way. I just, yeah. I yeah. just, uh, how. The computer plays a huge role. Yeah. Um, yeah. And luckily, you know, uh, sequences play themselves. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of vocal and keys. You're doing a lot of vocal and yeah, keys. Yeah. Vocals are 99. Uh, First yeah. of all, when I say 99.9%, I want to explain that 1%. <laughs> that 1% might be like um, a certain vocal effect that I can't get on a, on a track because mm-hmm. it's not something yeah. that can be produced live, like a backwards yeah. coming yeah. in vocal yeah. or something. Yeah. So stuff like that I might have on there that I trigger, like a yeah. sample. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're going to go with 100%, yeah. And, Which is fine. And then you're... I don't, I, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Everything I'm singing is 100%. There's no, yeah, yeah. nothing going on there that I could, mm-hmm. you know, honestly say, you know, so if I screw it up, you're going to hear it. Um, and I can and I do because I'm also playing samples at the same time. I'm trying to trigger lights or things that are going on at the same time. So there is some, some bit of, mm-hmm. you know, Light juggling show too, going on. Same time. Yeah. Um, and jumping around like a maniac and then missing a cue. That happens a lot. Um, <laughs> live remixing where I think I triggered it right. And then I'm like, oops, I'm a bar behind. Oh boy. (laughs) But what I, this is again, this is when you watch other performers, I didn't know what to do. So the first couple of shows that I did by myself, I feel were terrible. I was Mm -hmm. nervous. Yeah. I stuck to the set plan. I played it by the book Mm -hmm. and they were good. People were happy. I just wasn't happy. Yeah. And so you I was walking fun thinking, this is, not, this is not what I want. Like, it wasn't relaxed. Working. and yeah. So I, by chance, if you want to call it chance, I came across um, Bruce Springsteen's uh, Broadway thing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I watched two basic documentaries. And I'm those are, those are good. Yeah. I watched his. That was eye-opening. And then I watched the one from Colin Hay. He's the guy from okay. Men at Men work. work. Yeah, yeah. And I watched how they did solo performances. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it a lot. And I thought, you know, you can't do that because obviously you're not going to play guitar and sing at the same time. I can't. It's too and, hard for me. I, well, I, Colin I Hay like, has a band, too. Yeah. Well, no, he actually goes by himself. He does shows by himself. Oh, I think when I saw him, well, I saw him a couple of years ago. I think he had other. Now he has a band yeah. now. Yeah, the, yeah. If you watch the, <laughs> if you watch the documentary I'm talking yeah. about, okay. he's by himself. Yeah. He's just yeah, so it could have been guitar, uh, and he's yeah. literally okay. sitting on the amp. Yeah. So what's and the difference? What'd you learn from them to to pull to your own show? My own strengths, which I, I realized, mm-hmm. like Springsteen, I can tell a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think what would happen is rather than go there and say, here's Kiss of Love, which is your favorite song. Yeah, 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 yeah. jump, jump, jump. Yeah, clap, 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 done. That's cool, let's do another hit. Rather than doing that, I would say, you know, on a really crazy afternoon, this happened. And I would hit the note and like, you know, Mm -hmm. let them hear what happened. And and then, you know, obviously they Mm -hmm. know the song now. And I was like, well, you know, this went nowhere. And then from there, I decided that I would play around with this instrument and this happened. And then 
So I start mm-hmm. bringing the song back up. Oh, yeah. Telling yeah. them how it was written and how it mm-hmm. came. And then yeah. we do it. And then yeah. I feel like it connects them in a different way. Oh, yeah. Song. And that's what people want. People want integrity and they want storytelling. You know, it's, we're it's we're, real. I'm by myself up there. So that's the yeah, best thing yeah. you can do. We're just, Wi-Fi. you know, as as listeners, and I think most people, we're just getting too old for the next hit, next hit, next hit. No song. I mean, no no interlude, no discussion, no storytelling in between the songs. You know, uh, people don't like that. You know, it's just we're yeah. not into that. Yeah. So that sounds that sounds really good. It reminds me that uh, there's some bands who people have lost interest in i've lost interest in a couple who were just doing that they'll i go to a show and it's just it's like song 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 thank you it's, <laughs> like, it's like that's it wow you know yeah, i, I really acknowledge that there's people out there i really yeah. wanted to hear from you mm-hmm. even if it was two sentences i wanted to hear i, I need yeah. to be fed i'm a soul needing to be fed i think that's claude i think it's really admirable to they're probably good with storytelling with concerts now where yeah. there's nobody there. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not talk- oh, they weren't talking to them extension. anyway. Right, we were yeah, watching, uh, we were watching a- Cardboard cutouts. Yeah, we were watching uh, Thursday nights with uh, on Instagram, Amos Lee. And uh, we talked about him at the last show too. And do you know Amos Lee? Uh, Ryan Massaro. Uh, Amos Lee, he's singer, songwriter, guitarist, and he's really struggling with having no audience right there, you know? And he mentioned yeah, it. And you can see- it is you- very hard, man. <laughs> yeah. He's looking for that feedback, <laughs> and uh, no, it's, it's understandable. Not, it's not there, and in, in a in a weird in a weird sense, it's not there. I mean, you know, people are watching and commenting, but right. you know, you they're not you don't, there. You don't hear the. You're in a weird. The, you're in a weird spot because yeah. Yeah. unlike the live situation with the storytelling, it's yeah. like the sprinting. He's telling the story, and I believe me, it's not so much a technique, but what I what I admired was that. He he would just play a song, but tell a story about how the song was written, mm-hmm. uh, but also how morally he grew up. He talked about his parents, you know, uh, growing up, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it was very, it, it was very vulnerable, like very right. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we always did that on stage, but never to that degree. So I thought, you know, mm-hmm. all right, so I'm going to start breaking songs up a little bit. I'm going to start mm-hmm. to so basically do the same thing, singer-songwriter, but I don't have the benefit of having, quote, that I'm going to play the guitar and sing at the same time because that yeah. doesn't happen mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. But I have the machines, so I, at least I can break down a song. I can, I can say these were all the parts that made this happen right. and have the same kind of feel, but yet we are going to jump up and down and dance and do this crazy thing to this song. But first let's talk about whatever this issue is that we're all having. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and it worked. And then I came off stage feeling like I really felt happier, you know, like, like well, this is really, yeah. Funny. And the audience can forward. relate to you and you know. yeah. 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 The honesty and the vulnerability and just makes, makes the integrity as an artist. And it's I think be people real. appreciate it can't that. Be fake. Yeah. You can't yeah. pretend yeah. like you had a, you know, so, and for, so and for it two, helped. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say it helps me for, for, uh, when you fast forward to 2020. Yeah. When I got hit with this thing, right. Cause everyone got hit with it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. To be bitterly honest, I was more prepared for it than, than most 
because for me, like you were talking about the songwriter who didn't know what to do because he didn't have an yeah. audience at that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like, okay, just pretend they're just sitting there watching mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell them stories and I'm going to play some music from the studio. We'll, we'll dig out the archives. Mm -hmm. It's going to be just like you're, you're in the, at the shows. You just, yeah. the only difference is you can't jump up and down and talk to people and touch them, but you can tell a story and you can, you know, break it down. And I had a, the bonus bad thing for me was that I had just had surgery. So I couldn't even uh. speak or sing the first couple of corn streams. It was like hard. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. it's still yeah. not back all the way. So yeah, it's been a road, man. 2020. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are, all the way. those are great though. I've watched some of those, some of those live and then some, you know, you can go on uh, YouTube. I guess you have them on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Age. So I was, you, like I said, I was more prepared than most because yeah. as I was doing these things, what I was taking out on the road with me was I started by taking two cameras out and I would position them in different parts of the stage. And the general feeling was, I'm just going to watch these at the end of the night, see how I did, you know, that kind of thing, just evaluate. Right. Mm -hmm. But one of those cameras, I was like, huh, this one hooks up as USB so I can use it as a streaming camera. And then I started to get into the idea of streaming before the whole pandemic hit. I had a lot of the mm -hmm. equipment, but I hadn't yet hooked anything up. It was like, well, if I do do something, I'm going to have a camera that's overhead. I'm going to do this. So I'd started to mm -hmm. wire it up. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that camera that's lucky. overhead is really cool. Lucky, right? Yeah. yeah I, I figured you look like out you're that. in a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh -huh. So using all the skills you've got, you know, like, okay, mm -hmm. I have fisheye lenses. I've got all kinds of weird stuff. Let's make this right. You know? Cool. So, so I you have a different well relationship to it mm -hmm. than other artists do that are having trouble with it without having the audience present. It is hard. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's messed up. Does it replace having a concert experience? No way. I'm not no, even yeah. at a level that I could say that I can even say I'm doing that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, eventually, you know, hopefully it lets up enough that we start to get some things reopening. Yeah. yeah. Are you working on I any mean, I new? I may have to move <laughs> to a different state to do that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. but... Now, are you always working on songs? Or are, you, are, you, are you thinking about another album or you're not? Are you... um, I have a funny. I have a funny relationship with that, that thought, to be honest with mm -hmm. you. On one hand, it's like, these are very important times because all the things that are happening warrant expression and documentation. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then the other side of the coin is, if you finish an album by December of 2020 and everything changes, everyone's going to want to forget 2020. Oh, yeah. So it's basically yeah. out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a weird relationship with it. It's like, mm -hmm. I want to write, I do write, yeah. and I'm going to record. But I'm not sure that an album per se is going to come yeah, out. Right. I'm not going to try to mm -hmm. get to that goal. Um, so, And you can't really make a decision on that. I mean, the future is so unpredictable with COVID-19. Exactly. We don't know what, what am I six do? months and one year from now. We, we all just don't know. Yeah. We don't. So, so the reality is, uh, is I'm just, I'm just a guy in phase, uh, waiting for phase four. 
<laughs> Whatever the hell that is for me, I don't know. Um, I'm here. I write. I play. I do my streams on the on Fridays. Uh, one good thing that came out of it is I get to do more art, and I get to do to to go back to the uh, archives and really mm -hmm. dig through. Like this week, look, I'll show you what what I did. Mm -hmm. So this was this is Friday's work right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went through like literally these are all DVDs of shows. Wow. And so basically all I've done is gone back through shows and basically rip them and then go through yeah, them. Yeah, I saw you started playing yeah. playing video. It's, it's nice. Then. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Mm -hmm. So so at least I'm like, look, I can't play live for you, but this is what it was like. 10 years ago when we did have really good stuff. Cause you, you never know what if it is like this for a long time, mm -hmm. that yeah, all yeah. these shows that I've got archived are the only close thing that to a memory that someone's going to mm -hmm. have with that stuff. So I feel like it's my obligation yeah. to at least do that because obviously the diehard fans and people who yeah. are missing concerts, they like that imperfection yeah, yeah. You, and all, you know, have you thought about doing songs on the corns, like playing, and singing i have i actually oh have. you have okay i don't like i said do i haven't it. watched I don't them do it like a, like an entire show no i haven't done that okay. yet okay mostly because i'm still recuperating yeah so and the other is that this room it's a wonderful room it's designed really well acoustically meaning it's a, mm -hmm. it's a great little room but our intention was never to stay here we were going to move to a bigger place okay. Mm -hmm. And it was going to be a place where, you know, I could go a little louder. And yeah. Yeah. I, I'm being honest, if I turn on the speakers, everyone can hear it. Like, I, all my neighbors can hear uh, everything. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> playing a show show with monitors blaring, oh, yeah, I really yeah, want to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Not going to happen. Free concert for the neighbors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what I have done is more of the experimental things. If I'm doing like a lot of weird experimental electronics, mm -hmm. I do them in the beginning of each show. I, I'll, I'll start with something like that. Or yeah. uh, a couple weeks back on a Wednesday, not related to the normal quarantine, I just mm -hmm. turned on the cameras and I said, I'm working today. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you want to just watch me work. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free wow. for an hour. I just worked on material and people watch me mm -hmm. song together. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. it's a different experience than doing mm -hmm. a concert per se. Um, Very cool. What I'm hoping for is that uh, certain places like um, my where I used to go to rehearse, uh, they're phase two to three. So they could open up before clubs and things like that do. Right. Then I could have rehearsal in a room that's really loud and I can turn the cameras on there. And mm -hmm. if that happens, then yeah, then you will then I will do a concert from the rehearsal hall. So that would be fun. Because cool. mm -hmm. uh, cool. then at least I get to rehearse. So but meanwhile, I mean experimenting with the gear has been great because there's been a lot of um I mean a lot of people don't realize it, but I am a big tech head. So <laughs> digging into some of this stuff uh, is something I've been wanting to do in more detail for a while now. So it's one of those things like, okay, what will I tackle today? Oh, let's reprogram this entire 
machine to do something completely different and let's see if we can write uh, some code to make this happen and see if this works uh, and mm. i've gotten more live things done that way so it's like wow so the next live shows are going to be even better because i'll be able to play more stuff at the same time and mm-hmm, so yeah. that that kind of progress has been great you know the Very one cool. good thing that I, I would say came out of it for some of the creative people is at least you're getting into all those things you put off you know the story yeah. you didn't write the the maybe the screenplay that you didn't get to you know what i mean like that kind right of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a good time take an afternoon now sit with your notebook with a nice cup of coffee or a, a shake and start yeah. working mm-hmm. on your stories or whatever it is it's a good reminder for us and for everybody for all our listeners to make the most out of it uh sure you can take the time downtime and doing nothing but you know use that creative energy and and find something creative to do find something new to do possibly mm-hmm. yeah yeah i found yeah. that the downtime leads to angry time <laughs> yeah because yeah. the downtime let's be honest you you watch a movie for a little while then you watch this that and the other thing and, the and next you get thing, antsy. You know, you're on the news yeah. and then <laughs> someone says something yeah. mad at you know and it's such oh, a yeah. polarized view of everything it's so no pun intended but everything is just either red or blue or black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no middle ground anywhere. And so it's so tiring. It's very tiring. You're going to, you're going to get mad throughout your day if you watch it. So, yeah. And I feel that that feeling stays with you and it's not a good, it's not yeah. a good feeling. No. no so no. my recommendation is to people like go back to your early days and think what, what have I put off that I have, you know, did I want to mm-hmm. bring, t- take up the violin? That's a good time to right. watch and learn how to do it. Yeah. Did I want to write a, a novel? Now is a good time to dig out that word processor and start. And right. Like, you know, so at least we have that. Right. You know, right. so. Because watching the news turn your yeah. brain to mush. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, time. it does. Yeah. Totally. It's nothing creative or yeah. nothing no. inspiring uh, about that. Well, let's, let's end on those inspirational words. Uh, I appreciate uh, your time. Claude S. Thank you. And uh, taking the time and our listeners have turned on to something new, hopefully, and they can find you in the quarantine streams, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. On Facebook. Yeah, they can look for anything box, of course, and they'll find me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm an open book. I'm pretty easy to find. (laughs) So on Apple Music, uh, I don't know if Jim mentioned this, on Apple Music, when we call anything box up, there's two different anything boxes. I mean, you're both, but a certain amount of material is on one and the other it's got more or less the ep and then uh the one from 1997 uh i can never say the title electronic what's called electronic are you kidding yeah those are separate one has a picture of you yeah yeah well one's a picture of you yeah and And that has most of the albums and then there's another one what's the other picture i don't know i forget i don't have my phone right here so so listeners can go to Apple Music, like Jim and I do, and uh, if you don't get what you want on the one anything box, hit the other anything box. Yeah. That's weird. I didn't even know we had two up there. <laughs> that just goes to show you, like... <sighs> yeah. yeah. I wonder All right, we're going to play a song. <laughs> we're going to play a song on the way out, and... Claude, it was great to meet you virtually, and thanks a lot yeah. for your time. Thank you so much, man. And, and yep. seriously, I mean... 
it's awesome that we can talk so many years later based oh, on yeah. just this one little gig that we've shared, right? Yeah. <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Synchronicity of events there. That, that to me, that is the awesomeness of, yeah. Yeah. of the technology of our world. It's yeah, not all you. bad, man. Yeah. You know, technology <laughs> is not all, all bad. Yeah. All right. Well, take care. Ah, so that was a that was a good interview. Excellent, most excellent to meet Claude and to hear the stories. Oh yeah, from decades ago and what he's doing right now as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, up next, we have another interview, and That's this is with um, Justin Schuyler, Pennsylvania native and local musician, and he's going to talk a little bit about his most recent song and video. So here's the interview with Justin. Enjoy. All right, well, Justin Schuyler, uh, welcome to Jim and Mike Talk. My name's Mike. And I'm Jim. How you <laughs> I'm <doing>? Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get your name spelled right here. It's S-K-Y-L-E-R. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Hey, uh, so, you know, we got your video and music along with it for the song, Let Me Help You Out. And uh, we found it intriguing and playful. And uh, what's the story behind that song? I I just started strumming some chords and... Most of the time when I write something, I've been doing this lately, like the first like line that pops into my head and I'll just go with that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I might have a few people in, like for that song, I had a few people in mind. It wasn't about someone specifically. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know, just the whim yeah. of the moment, what I was feeling with the chords, you know? Mm-hmm. Justin, I'm hearing it as a, a real love song, not just like romantic, but I'm hearing it like a, like a, a true love song, you know, uh, let me fold your laundry, let me walk your dog. And so, you know, it's about service, you know, uh, not just romantic love, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, true love. Yeah. And um, Jim, Jim was saying he's got a different take on it. I, <laughs> I, I think a murder took place. Murder took place. <laughs> Well, there's a shovel, you're cleaning the floor. What's with the stain on the refrigerator? No, you oh, got yeah. stains on a refrigerator door. You know, it could be, it could be a See, kid, think, it could be somebody sloppy, but, you know. I think it's like a, a neighbor who you might have a crush on, and she, she's killed her husband. Or, <laughs> so, or you might have helped her. Because uh, so, so, then you're doing the laundry. So you're that's wa- true. That's washing true. clothes. Like, what's going yeah. on there? Yeah, he doesn't that's mention what... plastic bags or anything. Yeah. So, see, with Jim and I, you know, we, we agree on a lot of things, but we're kind of the yin and yang. So uh, I take things maybe to a deeper philosophical level, and he takes things dark. <laughs> but anyway, um, this is a new song. Is that right? Well, new, no. I guess so, okay. on, I wrote Wednesday, it you write, in, write the song. it was in December. Um, yeah. Okay. That's still actually, new to me. <laughs> actually, my, my drummer, we were going to rehearse and he was on the way there. And I was just like, I wrote it like minutes before he walked in the door. And then we Very just cool. worked it out and it worked Very it cool. Worked good. So was this while you were working on the, the other songs for the album? Or you had other songs written and you just um, decided that this would be the first single? I, it always felt like the, one of the better songs. When we were, that was the first song we recorded for the album. It just felt, yeah, it felt like the single. Mm-hmm. A lot of the songs in the album are just everywhere, like stylistic. Oh, okay. 
Oh, cool, cool, cool. How many songs yeah. on the album? Uh, we got ten. Okay. Oh, that's a lot. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So, who else plays with you, Justin? Uh, do you have a whole band, or is it people just backing you up? Or I know Shane is drumming with you. Yeah. Well, normally I'll like write the 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 songs and the lyrics, and then I'll take them to Shane, and then I have a friend Rob who plays bass. Sometimes mm-hmm. he does backup vocals. It's we're not like a band band. We we're just kind of people who got together and wanted to make right. recordings. Mm-hmm. Right. But you go by your name. So it's, yeah, it's Justin Schuyler. If anybody yeah, wants to songs. look it up. Right. Right. So, uh, Justin, you live in Lehigh Valley. Is that right? No, I'm living. Oh, where are you? Where, where, where are you living? Albrightsville. Albrightsville. By Jim PA. Thorpe. Yeah. By Jim oh, okay. Thorpe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jim Thorpe's a great place. My wife right. and I go there and uh, hang out. We hike all that kind of stuff oh, you yeah. can do there. Yeah. It's really good. So, uh, have you been, have you been playing out at all or is it something you're still working towards? I'm in like, I'm in a cover band and we also play my songs, like a few of them. As of now, there's, we don't really have anything lined up because right, right. most places you're either playing, playing for free right now or mm-hmm. for tips, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or, in the, or in the parking lot. <laughs> or in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Jim well, and I have these drive, drive through or drive, what is it? Drive in? Drive, drive in concerts. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about this? You've no. Heard about that. No. Yeah, you Riding. play, and then the cars the cars pull up, and people stay in their cars or on their cars and listen to. Yeah, you one is Monmouth Park. They're doing a lot of concerts. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the cars pull in, and I guess you can get out of out of your car. And Grace Potter's doing a couple shows there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Justin, what's some of your influences, or uh, if you can't think of that, sometimes that's tough. What uh, what's what have you been listening to in the last uh, half year or year? I'm I'm very like obsessive over things. Like I go on like tangents for like like two weeks. Like I'll yeah. just listen mm-hmm. to one artist. Yeah, yeah, that's natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but bands like yeah. over the years, it's I'm I kind of listen to a few different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorites are like Talking Heads. Yeah. Um, like anything Jack White did. Cool. Like the Raconteurs, his solo stuff. Yeah. Um, Queens of the Stone Age are cool. Radiohead, The Doors, yeah. like mm-hmm. Motown stuff. Okay. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, so Doors going way back decades, and then Talking Heads, you know, with, I was definitely into them in the 80s, and uh, love that stuff. Love all the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah. Um, tell us one interesting thing about you that we don't know yet. Just oh. maybe the weirdest thing you've done, you know? <laughs> I mean, the video is pretty weird. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a weird. <clears throat> gotta say that. Yeah. I'm a weird individual. Uh, and the I video is cool, though. Yeah, sunflower. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's too large for its pot. And yeah, it's takes <laughs> up to explore the world. Right. It's that it's that creativity that goes yeah. you know beyond musical creativity. That's uh, wouldn't have thought of the sunflower head. You see yourself behind us here, right? Where yeah, yeah. those <laughs> listeners can't see? listeners of the podcast can't see that, but uh, Justin it. is pe- Justin's yeah. peeking his head out in the background behind mm-hmm. us here. Yeah. That's so uh, yeah, yeah. So what's uh, what's some of the um, What's some of the content of some topics of some of your uh, other songs? So what do you, you sing? This is, uh, you know, a song about love and uh, helping somebody out. What, uh, you know, what else, uh, what else might you write about? Maybe one more song. Well, this, I, I made like an album in high school with a high school band. And, you know, most of that Great. was like emotional, sad, mm-hmm. you know, angst, yeah. mm-hmm. high school yeah. stuff. <laughs> <But> <laughs> this time, I don't know. I felt like I wanted to, 
Well, the thing about the talking heads that influenced me is that a lot of the music is really like danceable. And I kind of right. discovered how much mm -hmm. I like that about music. So this time around, I wanted to do more uplifting, upbeat yeah. stuff. So right. most of it's uplifting. Some of it's like stories, like just storytelling. Mm -hmm. That's basically, it's basically half and half storytelling, you know, yeah. uplifting. Is it different genres or just yeah kind of, um, of music? Yeah, there's like some folksy, then there's like blues, and mm -hmm. I do some acoustic songs. I do, you know, some like heavier, not heavy, but, you know, like rock stuff. There's one or two yeah. of that. It's it kind of very That sounds good. That sounds good. Have, yeah. you, have you heard of the Tom Tom Club? Yes. That band? Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> that was Chris I, France and... Tina Weymouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's great that you mentioned that, Talking that was Heads. More dancey. Been following David. You know, David Byrne, never afraid to try something new, you know, oh, from yeah. the big suit back in the 80s. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, he's just really always a step ahead of uh, the culture and everything. Uh, uh, gathering people from around the world. Uh, I don't know how long ago that was, 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, the good, good, uh, good person to follow in his footsteps. Oh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to share before we tell listeners where they can find your music? Um, as of, uh, September 1st, the album's going to be out. Great. Um, okay. name I, of the album. I just decided this, this morning. <laughs> I was taking, you knew we were going to ask breaking it. news. Yeah. I was taking too long deciding the name and the cover. So I was just like, I'm just going to give myself a deadline. So the yeah. name of the album's village idiot. Oh. Village idiot, not yeah, American good. idiot. Yeah. No, yeah. Not Amer <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great album. So yeah. they'll be able to find it on uh, iTunes and Yeah, September. Are you selling September first? Yeah. Are you putting out any CDs or, or is it just gonna be all downloads I, or I was gonna like make CDs for like friends, family. Yeah. And if someone wants one, you know, I'll give them one. But yeah, yeah. If and then next year you think you'll be doing uh shows to support the album or I, I don't Where know. Where do you usually play? Uh, well, restaurants, uh, anything like that? or um... Yeah, around Jim Thorpe. Well, before the COVID started, um, yeah. with, I'm in a, ba a cover band called Mama Stomp and the Flatfoots, which is a okay. good Mama name. Stomp <laughs> and the Flatfoots. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, just we were starting to play around Jim Thorpe, and then things got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, my wife forward. and I, my wife and I you were, don't play bars, or I mean, you're probably too. No, we I I did once or twice so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My wife uh, and I were at Jim Thorpe having lunch there uh, at that place next to the Opera House or whatever that house is called there in the center of Jim Thorpe. I just forgot the name of it, but they've got a lot of uh, regional, uh, popular bands and such in there. And uh, yeah, just all their shows were canceled. Yeah, just. Are you talking boom, about boom, Broadway? Boom. Broadway Grill. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's right in the same building, right in the firehouse, right next to oh. uh, that. Uh, I just forgot the name of it. All I say is Opera House. I just can't remember the Mon name Chunk of that. Opera House. Oh, yeah, Monchunk. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but yeah. All, the, all the shows there uh, were canceled. All right, it's great having you on. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Anything thank, else you got? Thank you for having me. All right. Me. So check out Village Idiot. Right? Village Idiot. <laughs> the album. Justin Schuyler. That's S-K-Y-L-E-R, Justin Schuyler. Uh, Everyone, uh, thanks for listening. And Justin, thanks Thank for being you, with Justin. us. And we'll check in with you in a few months, see how it's going. All right. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you. Take care. Intro and exit music by the band 99%.
Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and their host site, Podbean. The songs Carmen, 65 Million Miles Away, Lead, Mirabelle, and Emitter, used with permission from Claude S. The intro to Let Me Help You Out, used with permission from Justin Skyler.